to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 226. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. And in this session, we'll continue on in our study of the prophet Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah. So um, we're, we're just looking, we're highlighting some verses here that uh, kind of give us some food for thought. We're not going to go through all of the verses in 51 chapters, but uh, give you just a, a thumbnail sketch of that book by looking at some specific verses that you may want to underline with crayon. So, uh, unless you're driving, turn now to Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 22 and 23, talks about what is true glory. I think this is a good life verse. Hope you do too. Maybe you'll consider underlining it. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 22 and 23. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, nor the strong man glory in his strength, nor the rich man glory in his riches, but rather let him who glories glory in this, that in his prudence he knows me, knows that I, the Lord, bring about kindness, justice, and uprightness on the earth. So, uh, again, I mean, this is a, a theme that we've seen throughout the scriptures, not just the Old Testament, but the, but the New Testament as well. Uh, you know, anything that you have, it came from God. Okay. If you, if you did well in your job, it's because he gave you the, uh, the talent to, to do that job well. So everything that we have, we owe to God. And, uh, as many times as I say it, there's that many more times that I myself forget that. So um, that's also, ne next to that verse, you might want to write in your margins uh, similar verses from the Old Testament. You could write 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 31, or 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 17. You know, he that glories, let him glory in the Lord, for, for example. So um, anyway, that's a good one to underline. Now, moving on, I think the next one I'm going to highlight, we're skipping a few chapters, but let's look at chapter 15, verse 10. Now, Jeremiah's been giving this message of, whoa, we're going to get it and we deserve it to the kings and, uh, you know, the, the leaders of, of Judah, right? And they don't want to hear it, right? And it's they would prefer to hear, oh, everything's gonna be great, just just follow me, right? And so he's he's put down a lot. Maybe you feel like that. Perhaps you've had a day like this where maybe you've tried to share your faith with a relative or something and you're you're mocked for it, you're put down for it, or worse even. And uh, we see this. Maybe you can relate to this. I don't know if you want to underline it or not, but maybe you can relate to it. Chapter 15, verse starting at verse 10. Woe to me, mother, that you gave me birth, <laughs> a man of strife and contention to all the land. Uh, I don't do anything wrong. I'm paraphrasing here, but everybody curses me. And yet tell me, Lord, have I not served you for your good? Have I not interceded for you uh, in the time of misfortune and anguish? And yet, you know, I'm paraphrasing again, God, I, I give them the message you want me to give them, and then they shoot me, you know, shoot the messenger, so to speak. And uh, he's, he's saying, you know, I'm, I'm, really, uh, I'm really bugged by this. Uh, verse 18, you know, he says, why is my pain continuous 
my wound incurable, refusing to be healed. But this is why he's a great prophet. Uh, in spite of this, you know, the Lord answers him. And the Lord says in verse 20, second part, still in chapter 15, for I am with you to deliver and rescue you, says the Lord. I will free you from the hand of the wicked and rescue you from the grasp of the violent. Well, um, you know, Jeremiah's life did not end well, okay? Uh, he, you know, he was hauled off to uh, Egypt. So uh, what could this mean? Well, again, sometimes our reward isn't on this earth, but it's in the, the, the world to come which lasts for eternity. And sometimes we pay the price for speaking out, for speaking truth to power. But, uh, you know, it will all be worth it uh, in, in eternity. People are gonna say, hey, you're that guy that uh, spoke truth to power. I remember you. Boy, you were laughed at back then. He'd say, yeah, but nobody's laughing now. I'm in heaven for eternity. And people like you are coming up to me and saying, wow, you're pretty cool after all. So it'll all be worth it. May not seem like it at the time. Okay, uh, again, uh, God gives a little uh, a little hope um, in chapter sixteen, verse fifteen, I think. Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, let's skip that. Uh, in the interest of time, we're we're going to skip that. Um, here's here's a something for us to consider. How about chapter seventeen, verse five? Chapter seventeen, verse five. Um, Cursed is the man who trusts in human beings, who seeks his strength in flesh. Uh, so you might want to consider um, underlining that. Uh, probably, if you're like most people, you will be betrayed by a friend or a relative or a boss, uh, you know, somewhere along the line. So just remember, you, you can only put your ultimate trust in God, because even if these other people don't let you down per se, you know, they'll move away at some point or they might die and then they're not with you anymore, right? So watch who you trust. All right, we talked about that in uh, some of the wisdom literature, right? In uh, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, etc. Watch who you trust. Okay, what about eighteen, chapter eighteen, verse four, as a reference to the the potter working at the wheel, and so the uh, the it brings to mind if you want to write next to Jeremiah chapter eighteen, verse four, it brings to mind Romans chapter nine verse 20 through 23, you know, does the potter have the right to make what he wants out of the clay? So by the way, in case you haven't figured out the metaphor, and I'm sure you have, you are the clay. God is the potter. So don't say, God, why did you make me the way you did? God can use you however, whatever kind of pot he wants to make out of you. Uh, go with it and it will be uh, it will be better for you. You know, you will be doing what you're supposed to be uh, doing. And um, so there's that uh, that reference. And, you know, sometimes the clay doesn't work too well the first time. You know, but while it's still wet, God can still work you into something new. 
Uh, I'm not very good with that analogy, but uh, hopefully you, you get it. Now I want to move on to chapter 20. And here Jeremiah complains again, because again, Jeremiah, you know, he's been, he's been dutifully delivering the message of God to the people and to the leaders. And what does he get for all this? Well, a lot of grief, right? Uh, it says in the early part of chapter 20 that uh, uh, he was uh, put in, placed in stocks. So he's put in basically in prison in, in the upper gate of Benjamin in the house of the Lord. So he's put in prison. He's thinking, hey, I'm just a messenger here, okay? And he goes on, maybe you've had a day like this. Maybe you're mad at God. Maybe you're mad at God right now. And he says in chapter 20, verse 7, You duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. You were too strong for me, and you triumphed. All day long, I'm an object of laughter. Everybody mocks me. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Violence, you know. Uh, and, and he just goes on and on and on, you know, oh gosh, cursed in verse 14 of chapter 20 says, cursed be the day on which I was born. And then in verse 18 of chapter 20 says, why did I come forth from the womb to see sorrow and gain? Uh, excuse me, to see sorrow and pain, to end my days in shame. Kind of reminds me of the movie, one of my favorites, It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. And all these bad things are happening to him. And he's and at a moment in time, he's saying, I wish I'd never even been born. So I'm thinking of Jeremiah, or maybe when I'm reading Jeremiah, I'm thinking of Jimmy Stewart in that role. And of course, things go better for Jimmy Stewart at the end of the movie. And he finds out that, uh, uh, you know, he, he gets his relief on this earth. His friends that he has helped throughout the movie uh, end up helping him in his moment of need. Well, I can't promise you that this life will always be good for you or even end well for you from a human standpoint. But I can promise you, if you follow God, that you can look forward to spending eternity with him in heaven uh, if you follow God and you persevere in that following. And uh, so uh, as bad as it seems and as bad as it might get, you know you have a friend in Jesus, you know that you uh, have eternal life to look forward to if you don't bail. Okay, so don't bail, okay? Now, move on to chapter uh, 21 verse 9. What have I got there? 21 verse 9. Okay, so Jeremiah gets this word from the Lord and he's going to tell the people. Chapter 21 verse 9. I don't think you need to underline this. You can, but um, he gets this word from the Lord. Whoever remains in this city, Jerusalem, shall die by the sword or famine. Because remember, the Babylonians laid uh, Jerusalem to siege. You know, it was a walled city, right? And they said, hey, if you stay within those walls, man, you're going to get it. The Babylonians are saying this. And uh, so um, uh, Jeremiah says, tell you what, get out of Jerusalem, but um, but instead go surrender. Don't, don't go and leave. I mean, don't go south or anything. Just leave and surrender to the Chaldeans. That's another word for the Babylonians. And just, you know, chill. 
Just do what they want you to do and life will be okay for you. Now, as you might guess, by him saying, hey, you need to leave Jerusalem, the leaders of Jerusalem are saying, well, you're a traitor, man. We wanted them to stay there and, and, and fight. And uh, Jeremiah says, no, the word of the Lord that I got is you better be nice to these Babylonians because if you try to fight back, it's going to be worse for you. Needless to say, that doesn't go over very well with, with the people. Okay, so Jeremiah is saying, okay, it's going to get bad for you. But now, turn to chapter 23. Now, here is something I do want you to underline with crayon. And uh, start with uh, chapter 23, verse 5. How's this for a New Testament? You know, you'll see this in the New Testament. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will rise up a righteous shoot. Well, if you have the NAB, it says shoot. If you have the better revised standard version, Catholic edition, it says branch. Um, what, uh, so you may want to circle the word shoot and write in your margins, revised standard version, branch, with a capital B, I might add. Uh, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous branch to David. Now, why did I have you go through all that? I want you to, in your margins, next to chapter 23, verse 5, write Matthew chapter 2, verse 23, where it says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 23, he, this new shepherd, he shall be called a Nazarene. And by the way, Nazarene means what? It means branch. So here is a prediction fulfilled in the New Testament that the Lord is going to appoint a, a shepherd and uh, who and he will come from the, uh, the he will he will be a a uh, uh, you know a future generation of David and he says in his days Judah shall be saved Israel shall dwell in security this is the name they give him the Lord our justice now is there going to be an, you know, an actual physical uh, return of the the land to the uh, to Israel and the, the glory of, of that day, or is that a metaphor for you know just the people, all people who believe in in God and follow God to the extent God has revealed Himself to them? Um, we don't know. I got that question on a radio show one time. Uh, time will tell, but. Um, you know, he, he, he can do anything he wants. He's God, right? So he could fulfill that literally and return the kingdom of Israel just the way that it was supposed to be. I mean, clearly Israel has some control now, but uh, they may or may not uh, end up with, you know, the physical uh, land that is that is spoken of. Either way, God is going to keep his uh, keep his promise, right? Okay. But we're not fundamentalists. We don't insist that it must be and can only be a literal uh, return of the people, uh, of the prominence of the uh, the kingdom of, uh, of the Jews on earth. Okay, so how are we doing for time here? We still got a few minutes, I think. So let's, let's go a little further. Uh, chapter 21, well, let's see, we've already covered that. 
the Messiah. All right, moving on. I'm going to skip all the way to, oh, he, he does talk about in chapter 25, 70 years of exile. Well, where do we get the 70 years from? And by the way, it's mentioned in uh, chapter 25, verse 11. This whole land shall be a ruin on a desert 70 years. Well, the first exile to Babylon took place in 605. That's a historical fact. Uh, 605 BC. And the first return, but not the final return, of the exiles to Jerusalem happened in 538 BC. So do the math on that one. It's 67 years. Pretty darn close to 70 years. 70, also you'll recall, 7 is the number of completion, right? So at the end of the, at the completed time, 70 years these nations, you know, after they're enslaved to the king, but when the 70 years have elapsed, I will punish the king of Babylon and the nation and the land of the Chaldeans, that is the Babylonians, for their guilt. So God, according to um, Jeremiah, used the Babylonians to punish the people of Judah for their uh, sins, and ultimately he's going to uh, punish the Babylonians, and, and they will. I mean, they're, they're going to get it uh, later on. Um, but anyway, so that's where the 70 years comes from that we've heard about uh, so much. Uh, the, the time of exile, if you will. So uh, let's see, do I have time to do this last one? Okay, I think I probably, oh, you got to get this one. Okay, I want you to underline this for sure. This could be a life verse for you. Uh, you know, if you, if you, you know, you're getting down on yourself or you're getting down on your circumstances, um, uh, how about verse 11 of chapter 29? I almost insist that you underline this in crayon. For I know well the plans I have in mind for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare, not for woe, plans to give you a future full of hope. When you call me, when you go to pray to me, I will listen to you. When you look for me, you will find me. Yes, when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me with you, says the Lord, and I will change your lot. So even though, you know, things look bad and, and they become bad for the people, uh, we know that God has great plans for us, okay? And sometimes that involves a bit of suffering. Sometimes it involves a bit of repentance, but God has great plans for all of us. Let's thank him for this and go to him in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, our lives, our lives are filled with uh, problems, uh, many of our own doing, but some not. But this world is not our home, and we know you have great plans for us. I'd like to think you have great plans for all of us on this earth to fulfill your will, to get the, the good news of the gospel out there, to let people know that they are not alone, that if they follow you, you will never leave them. Um, and we, we know we have eternity to look forward to. So thank you for the plans that, uh, that you have, have made 
for us. You are the potter and we are the clay. And as long as we understand that, that you know how to mold us uh, instead of trying to uh, mold ourselves uh, with our just our own wills, we will uh, we will certainly benefit from your uh, being the potter. We thank you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.